Blog Talk Radio. Get to Donald Trump. I mean, comedians are probably Donald waiting Trump is to serve a racist. Yeah. He's a racist. And anybody who, who, listen, Paul Ryan basically that's textbook racism. So what Paul Ryan actually said is a racist is better than a liberal. And if you say that, it's because you're not affected by racism. Everything we are, the people can have, we can obfuscate, we can do whatever. Liberals built this country. You are what you are because of liberals. And you can, and I was on with Joe Scarborough, who I, who I, do, I don't agree with everything he says, but he is proudly, he brags about this being the party of Lincoln. When you gotta go keep referencing the dude on the penny, you better update your resume. Yeah. Stop it. The, everything you enjoy right now, you enjoy. Every everybody they like now, they hated before. They hated you. Uh, they hated uh, uh, Martin Luther King. Now they pretend like they love. They hated Muhammad Ali. They didn't start loving Muhammad Ali until he was shaking, going up the stairs doing the living. And he was shaking so bad, like literally, I went home and blew my pilot light out. I was like, Whoo. but they didn't start loving him until he was no longer a threat. You don't get to be a little racist. You don't get to be a little pregnant. If I'm in a car, I commit a crime. The dude in the car with me pretends like he don't know. That ain't gonna work. Yeah. You're a co-conspirator. And if you know that he's a racist, you're a co-racist. Simple as that. And eggs a question on Donald Trump. You know, Donald Trump is in some ways a performer. Of course, he was on reality television. Like a like a like a, like a circus clown. Yeah. Okay. But if you could get into his head, why do you think he's doing this? Why do you think he's running for president? I think he's, what a lot of. I think he's a vain, egotistical man, and I think uh, to a certain degree, all of them have to have a level of hubris. All of them have to believe uh, that they. I think that he knew he could. I think that whether people like Barack Obama was a bullet in the head of white supremacy. I was reading an article by Noam Chomsky, and he talked about the first, the first time uneducated white men, their mortality rates are dying, and they want somebody to blame. We put, in this country, we pay poor brown people to do our thinking, they are engineers, and we pay poor brown people to do our labor. If you are uh, an educated white guy, what do you fit? Somebody took it away from you. I'm angry. Tired of America, of Africans and Haitians, the president went on to say he would like to bring more people from countries like Norway. Norway, whose population is overwhelmingly of Nordic descent. White people, in other words. James Baldwin, the great writer, the great American, once said that, quote, ignorance allied with power is the most ferocious enemy justice can have. Ignorance allied with power. For the president of the United States to believe that Haitians have not contributed extraordinary things to American society, that is ignorant. For him to claim that all the countries of Africa are shitholes is woefully ignorant. But as disturbing as you may think these sentiments are, these comments by the president, they are actually not anything new. Three weeks ago, the New York Times reported something else the president said about Haitians in another meeting at the White House. About Haitians, he reportedly said they, quote, all have AIDS and said that Nigerians, quote, live in huts. Now, the White House denied he said those things at the time three weeks ago. They are not denying, he said, the comments today, which were spoken in a room with bipartisan lawmakers. Perhaps the White House feels the president's remarks will be well-received in some parts of this country, among some parts of the president's base. And perhaps that is true. But it doesn't make what he said any less ignorant or any less racist. Not racial, not racially charged, racist. Let's not kid ourselves. Let's not pretend or dance around it. The sentiment the president expressed today is a racist sentiment. Josh Dossey of the Washington Post is a reporter who broke the story. I spoke to him right before airtime. Welcome. Welcome to the Alpha Show. 
here at Truth Works Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. On this um, fine Saturday evening, there's a, a lot to talk about. A lot of things have become a little more clearer. What I am sick and tired of is with all of the evidence mounting against this Nazi, this illegitimately elected racist president, they want to talk about intent. What was his intent? I think his intent was clear. But you see, that's what white privilege and white supremacy gets you. They want all of the pieces to be firmly in place because you know with his money he has enough so-called legitimate voices and the lawyers that represent him should have absolutely no credibility because of the lies that they've put forth for this president. But I contend that like I've always, like I've said, he's going to get away with it because his Department of Justice will never file charges against him. His Republican House will never impeach him, and his Republican Senate will never vote guilty on impeachment. So are we just all just pissing in the wind? And it's a time, it's about time that someone other than outsiders, outside of the political realm, those of us who are not afraid to stand up and speak the truth, those elected officials must begin to expose not just this racist president, but the racists who support him. The Senator Perdue's, the Tom Cotton's, who first didn't hear his racist remarks, and then the next day they demand that, oh, he didn't say it. They declare that he didn't say it. So, Democrats must stop being those people who say uh, nothing. And when I say they have to be those who don't say nothing, that's, how, that's what they have to do. They have to speak up. They have to put a point on their conversation. This man is not fit for office. But then, too, we were warned, weren't we? We were absolutely warned. And because of the warning, the source, nobody took it seriously. Everybody just put it in that same basket of 
both sides do it. See, both sides' BS has to stop. The media has to be called out also. It's not just Trump and the Republicans calling the media fake news. It has to be the Democrats for not holding the Trump officials and Trump himself responsible for his comments such as, I am not even thinking about firing Mueller. This is after he made the call to fire him but had to back off because the um, the Justice Department people threatened to quit. So he was lying once again. And um, the beat with Ari Melber has a montage of people in the Trump administration who came forward, including Sarah Saddlebags, Cockass Sanders, who said for the thousandth time, no one is talking about firing Mueller when he had already tried. Democrats must also hold the media accountable for Grassley and Lindsey Graham's fusion GPS conspiracy, ginned up lies, and their referral to the Justice Department to prosecute Daniel Steele for the dossier. Oh, he lied. You know, this was another debunked, ginned up conspiracy theory, scandal. Everything's a scandal with these people because that's what they traffic in, lies, cheap scandals. From the sex trafficking of Hillary Clinton in the pizza parlor to the Devin Nunes, who is a complete lapdog, gopher boy, and the unmasking scandal, a huge scandal. You see, those people such as all of these elected representatives have to be called out for the attack on the right-wing-leaning FBI. And they must be called out because they've always been the party of law and order and law enforcement. And they basically preach that narrative while the Democrats, once again, sat in silence. Despite the overwhelming truth, the overwhelming evidence, they were for the troops, even though they were blocking the treatment for the troops when they came home, battered, beaten, and sickened by war, unnecessary war, any kind of war, covert war, election meddling. It gets me to a point where 
you have to ask yourself, have our roosters, have our chickens come home to roost? It's always a tough one for me. I, um, I always seem to get that wrong. Have our chickens come home to roost? Have we meddled in so many elections, now we are on the end of a tampered election by a hostile foreign power. And in each phase of what the Trump presidency brings us, the country will suffer, the country will suffer big time, big time. Be it from the head of the EPA and the destruction to our environment, to the climate change deniers and the huge funding that they have behind them. What you are witnessing is, is the downfall of a democracy that really can't flip over on its side and it's locked in on its back because of a passive passive Democratic Party and a complicit media and this is what we have and this is what we deserve and I'll ask every, every week Every week, I will ask, how about Hillary now? Now, people may have this dislike for Hillary. I do, too. I wanted Bernie. But people have to wed themselves to a political reality. What has the Green Party won? What has the Libertarian Party won? What has an Independent won? They had two Senate seats. Nothing. So for you to sit and think that because you don't like a particular candidate, after after they've won, stolen, or cheated, the other Democratic candidate, be it Bernie Sanders, the independent. Either way it goes. If you couldn't see the political reality of Hillary Clinton, you're just as much to blame as the hard right-wing Trump racist supporters. You're just as much to blame. Don't forget, it's not enough that that uh, the Russians and their bots put a a serious a serious curve on the propaganda that we've heard, be it Twitter, be it Facebook, be it Republicans repeating Russian talking points. And at each and every turn, this is what we have. This is where we are. 
929-477-2867. Give me a call. Chime in. I do mean chime. Because um, i got to be honest with you. Um, I wouldn't um, want someone to call in with a point of view that somehow is over the top. You know, we used to get a lot of trolls. We used to get a lot of trolls. We don't get them anymore. I guess it's for the amount of time I've been gone. But um, they can't defend any of this. Any of the things that this president has done, they simply can't defend it. So I guess they stopped calling. I don't hear from those libertarians who are sick and tired of government. Well, guess what? Half the government has been vacated, so it's not going to work. And for the American people who need government, it's not going to work. For those red states who've always taken more than they've given, who are the real takers in this nation? not going to work. It's not going to work. The party of pedophiles, sexual assaulters, racists, neo-Nazis, Klansmen, the whole nine yards is in charge and in full control. And they're just waiting on the clock. And the clock is ticking. You know, Democrats are planning their protests. People are going to boycott the upcoming um, State of the Union addressed by Trump. And uh, it seems to be a, a foregone conclusion that you're going to get a litany of lies. Joe Kennedy has been tapped by Democrats to give the response. But here's something I liked, and here's something that Republicans did. They had three or four other responders. Well, we've got another responder to the State of the Union Address Tuesday, and that's Auntie Maxine Waters. I, um, I'm taking bets on how many times she will call him an illegitimately elected traitor because uh, that's exactly what he is, and that's what should be disseminated to the American people. Now, the one thing that I can say about the responses to Trump, you see, when Barack Obama would give the State of the Union address, you had some of the high-profile networks. And I call Fox high-profile because they have a lot of listeners. But they gave airtime to extra rebuttals. And they basically, they basically did their job. 
They gave a platform to the naysayers. And need I tell you, with all of the obstruction, Republicans were handsomely rewarded for their obstruction. But what do you hear from Republicans now that they're in power and they're not getting what they want? Every day they talk about the obstructionist Democrats, the Democrats this, the Democrats that. I said that they would fold last week, and they folded. Now here they come. He wants $25 billion for the wall, the one that Mexico was going to pay for. And he's offering up instead of six, seven hundred thousand dreamers protection. He's also offering he's offering one point eight million protection and path to citizenship. I'm very skeptical about that. Trust there is none. Absolutely none. If you, if you actually want to understand what they've done, they've taken a non-issue, the dreamers, rescinded the executive order, and now they're dangling it and holding it hostage. And I guess, you know, Where are are these um, registered Hispanic citizens? And what troubles me so bad is it's, it's, it's done by class. The rich, the Hispanics who have came here and enriched themselves seem to be okay with families being separated, with people who've been in this country, and this is the only country that they've known because they were brought here when they were children. Just like many of these public officials. There seems to be a lack of recognition of the facts, and there's a hesitancy from Democrats to point out the facts, to let the people know that, hey, not only is this not right, this is BS. This is just how Trump came over. Uh, (laughs) I didn't get to... uh, I didn't get to upload a clip, but uh, this is a clip of a, a man of God just took Trump and his mama to the woodshed. A man of God says some of the most hellacious things without profanity. Says some of the most hellacious things about Trump I've ever seen, and he was spot on. He was absolutely spot on. But 
Money Can Buy by Greg Palas. But the other one is very, very interesting. You see, the other one is about Sam Brownback, governor of Kansas, a right-wing fanatic, religious, Sharia Christian. Christian Sharia. And that's what you're looking at with him. They've um, he stepped down as governor because his record pointed out that, and the polls showed um, he had no way over. He's got no path to victory. But uh, he had, he was confirmed. Um, it took six months to confirm him. But he is the United States ambassador at large for religious freedom. So he doesn't have to leave the country and go anywhere. And this is very, very troubling. Because on one hand, he will redefine the meaning of religious freedom. He will redefine the meaning of religious freedom. The primary responsibility of the office of the IRF, International Religious Freedom, is the production of an annual report that details the status of religious freedom in every country in the world. It's a valuable resource that makes the protection of religious freedom a real priority rather than just empty words. You see, they are trying to couch themselves in some type of Bible bigotry. This is why the Bible that the Master gave you you should have never taken, let alone read. You should have never read it. We seem to want to chide ourselves on religion and family values. Well, I guess both have gone down the drain because they all support Donald Trump now. And he has no religion and he has no family values. So where does that leave the party of family values? The party of religion. Someone take me away from the total nonsense. 
that is our politics. The Sam Brownback. He is one of the people, and Muslims, beware, because he's coming for you too. Jews in Russia, Christians in Egypt, Muslims in the United States, Yazids, I guess that's how you pronounce it, in Iraq. Has been the vanguard of the movement that has redefined religious freedom to include the right of religious people to discriminate against others. So you can discriminate, you'll be able to discriminate and claim religious freedom. Kind of like the Klan was. Kind of like the Klan couched their bigotry in religion. You had a right because that's the way you interpreted the Bible. It matters not, but it matters plenty. Take those people who will be affected by people willing to stand behind their religious freedom. Their religious freedom trumps your civil rights trumps everything else. The LGBTQ community, they can forget it. Sam Brownback is the same fanatic who is literally responsible for the um, the religious murders for the gay people. Scott Lively went to Uganda in 2009 and spread vicious lies about gay people and inspired that country's kill the gays law. At the time, he was it was condemned. He was condemned by the Obama administration. But under Ambassador Brownback, it's likely that Lively's incitement to violence would be considered an exercise of his religious freedoms and any government in opposition to him would be considered, <laughs> I like the way they put this, an affront, an affront. So killing gay people, like Russia, will be in vogue. And that's what's so disturbing about Brownback being the international religious freedom ambassador. Where, where is this headed? Where are we going? I don't want to 
beat this dead horse too much longer. But that's what it is, and that's where we are. Bernie Sanders had a Medicare for All townhouse summit. And there are people who oppose Medicare for All, who need Obamacare now, who have lost their job, who are on the brink of bankruptcy. And now those selfish little asses are trying to change their tune. A young man that um, I've been at odds with, he lives in Louisiana, and he always, he's so hung up on nobody else paying for somebody else and all of that kind of crap. But yet, now he is suffering from a crippling disease, and he needs help. I mean, I'm I empathize with you, brother. I totally empathize with him. But please, I don't want to hear you change your tune. About your religious freedom. I see our common ground host Janice Graham is in the is in the chat room. And yes, he killed Kansas with his tax cuts. He had to come right back and raise these taxes because he had destroyed their revenue trough, their source of revenue. You got schools that were closing, you've got programs that simply couldn't do the job because the money ran out. A, a very stark example of shrink government till you can drown it in the bathtub. Well, he drowned it in the bathtub, and they were all pissed off at him. But see, these white folks don't learn their lesson. They're still Republicans in Kansas. Even though the ideology of one of their own is very close to destroying the state. So take your time. <laughs> take your time. And don't don't be afraid to say trickle down doesn't work. Trickle down didn't work with Reagan. Trickle down didn't work with Bush. And really, let's be honest about this. How many damn trickle-down 
boxes are. I, I, I used to pick on the cat's cuts. Are you going to simply believe? How many times does this have to happen? One of the one of the things that you're not watching if if you're not paying attention. One of the biggest things that has occurred since the tax cuts is that Toys R Us has closed 180 stores. Sears has closed 63. Kmart has closed 45. Macy's has closed 68 stores. Sam's Club has closed 63 stores. Kimberly Clark has fired over 5,000 people. And Bank of America has jacked up fees on low-income customers. The carrier jobs still went to Mexico. So, Paul Ryan got his $500,000 donation from the rich folks. And now he, he's a little iffy. He won't say whether or not he's running. You know, when a politician, especially a president, won't answer a question and they tell you things like, we'll see. Well, we'll see about that. And their spokesman who are supposed to be the spokesman for the president, say, gives you answers like, well, I haven't talked to him about that, or you'll have to ask him that yourself. That should be the yellow flag for many Americans. With the cave of the Democratic Party and voting for the reopening of the government without getting a vote on the dreamers. You're going with Mitch McConnell's word. But have no fear. You still have time to cave and avoid the rush because there's another CR continuing resolution from the government coming up on the 12th. But they say if the government is shut down, oh, we won't do this now. The holdout should be we won't allow this government to reopen if you don't do what you said you were going to do about the dreamers. And if you don't do what you said about Mexico is going to pay for the wall. Let's see, $25 billion. Do you think we could use that in our school system? Do you think we can find other places to use that money to help the middle class. But you want it for a goddamn wall. You want it so that you can come back and tell another lie. And Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi 
people sitting around wringing their hands, hoping, hoping that they can work along with this president. His nominee, what was it, HHS? She didn't know that the people in Norway was white. And when she didn't know that the people in Norway was white, she should have been challenged right there. Right there and then, she should have been challenged. Challenge as a damnable liar. Challenged as a bigoted racist. She was in the room, but she didn't hear what the president said herself. Or were they all asleep? Or are they just lying? Or both? <laughs> sleepy liars. Let's say, let's call them. Let me just call them sleepy liars. Nine two nine four seven seven two eight six seven. If you want to. Chime in. You know, behind all of the conspiracy theories and the false documents and memos, release the memos was the Russian bot hashtag. Quickly picked up in less than 24 hours by Republican elected officials, Fox News, and each and every Republican rushing to a camera and a microphone. And now that it's been revealed to be bogus, debunked, just another created scandal, why aren't the Democrats holding them accountable for their smears and their lies. We have to look at them with a jaundice eye and admit to ourselves this is a time to have friends on the other side of the aisle. Because they are truly backstabbers. Smiling in your face. Just to put you at ease. So you don't feel it coming. Take me away. (laughs) 
Just take me away. I'm going to uh, try to do this bad back and all. Some of the lies that show up on the internet are dangerous. It's our job to set the record straight. The list of falsehoods from the president is growing. He keeps repeating ridiculous throwaway lines that are not true at all and sort of avoiding this issue of Russia as, as if we're some kind of fools for asking the question. Really? Every American should at least, no matter what your politics, please at least be interested in the fact that the Russians are trying to hijack our democracy. It's too much lying and too much Russia and too much smoke. The accusation is predicated on the charge that Secretary Clinton approved the sale. She did not. He blamed Hillary Clinton for creating the birther conspiracy theory. She did not. Judge Andrew Napolitano commented on the morning show Fox and Friends that he has sources who say British intelligence was involved in surveillance at Trump Tower. Fox News knows of no evidence of any kind. Where are the parents? Well, you know, I've not been on the phone with them. But if we want to sit here and indict the civil rights community and indict the parents, because we don't know who's fault it is. They're able to say, oh, they're attacking the national anthem. They're attacking, they're attacking the troops. They're attacking the flag. None of which they're doing. How much longer do you think that... Uh, being anti-gay rights is going to be something that's a conservative principle. Again, these are the facts. We do not have an outbreak of Ebola in the United States. BP had more safety violations than all of the other oil companies in the country combined times 10. And then they stand in front of us, call us litigious, and act as if we've done something bad, that horrible man. And now you're going to turn around and blame the government? Congress, you cannot have it both ways. You cannot first say, we're not going to make you limit the bonuses, and now say, limit the bonuses. The Republicans have been screaming about deficits for eight years are suddenly trying to add a massive amount to the deficit. It's comical. I'm an American, and I don't want my government torturing on my behalf. I don't give a rat's ass if it helps. I agree. We are America. We do not fucking torture. One of the most frustrating things about this Bush administration is that every time a reporter asked a question they didn't like, they called them a reporter a fool. And that you call us fake news and, 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 and put us down like children for asking these questions on behalf of the American people is inconsequential. Don't use anonymous sources except for the ones we send out to you anonymously. Those anonymous ones are awesome. I ain't in the tank for nobody, all right? Just get off. I'm in the, I'm in the tank for the one who's going to answer the questions. News host Shepard Smith, and I got. I guess some people have a soul. Some people are willing to call them out, even if it's on his own network. Some people have to really think twice. Think seriously about who you're supporting. You know, there's something very interesting. This president doesn't give a damn about everybody else. All he looks for is to keep his base solid. Keep it solid. Well, he's leaking white women. 
because some white women just can't put up with it any longer. He's leaking fake Christians because, uh, tell me, where does it say you accept his BS for a year and then you change your mind? No, we don't want you in the camp either. Be be an independent out there somewhere. Take Take it to task. Let's not go on the words of a fool and idiot. Where our political discourse is, you can thank Republicans for it. It's not both sides. It's the Republicans, stupid. And thank Donald Trump. You may be surprised by what I say next. You know, we owe Donald Trump an enormous debt of gratitude. He has done something that would have taken another 20 years to do, almost overnight. He has forever stripped the mask off American exceptionalism. We are not exceptional. We have a thug for president, supported by a neo-Nazi like Roy Moore, also someone who has been charged with woman abuse. They have facilitated a Republican Party that now has moved from even paying lip service to goodness through hypocrisy to no longer even pretending that they are about serving the American people, but instead delivering us on a platter to the billionaires and the corporations to make the Koch brothers and the Mercers and the Trumps and people like that a little bit richer at your and my expense. Medicare will be on the block. Medicaid will be on the block. Social Security will be on the block. Every promise Trump made as a populist to, quote, ordinary Americans, even if they were only attracted to him because of his racism, xenophobia, lies, paranoia, nevertheless, he's broken those too. So thank you, Donald Trump, because those of us who can still think, who can still read, who can still enter into moments of contemplative silence in this noisy age, now know that the battle is no longer to simply win an election in 2018 and then 2012, 2020. The battle is for the soul of not just this country, but you and me personally. History will judge us as it judges Donald Trump. If we do not overthrow, and I use this word overthrow with care, this regime, if we do not have an American revolution against the evil in our midst, if we do not rise to the occasion to beat back the tyranny of the white, oppressive, misogynistic oligarchs who now wish to rule us and are doing so, we have lost our country. This is a country that needs a reformation and revival of the spirit of religion, of truth, And at this Christmas time, we actually do need to put Christ back in Christmas and listen to the teachings of Jesus, whoever we think he was, whether savior or simply good man or prophet, nevertheless, listen to those teachings and return to some semblance of dignity and virtue and beauty and honesty and love and truth. That's the choice before us. Thank you. Say. You want me to say something? I'll say something. You, you people, you're not a race. You are a virus. You destroy the world. Everything beautiful, you poison. You drag us from our homes. You rape our daughters, murder our sons. You crack our spines and do all you can to break our will. 
You stab us. Then you put the knife in our hand and tell us it's our fault. And if you don't do it yourself, you stand by, close your eyes, and pretend there's nothing wrong. And then you pray to your God to silence our screams so that you can enjoy the happiness that we built for you with our blood. But it's not your fault. It's the only way you know how to be. And the only thing that will change anything is if another virus comes along and does to you what you do to us. And I hope that happens very soon. obviously hasn't gone as I'd hoped and I think I'm having a um, full-on panic attack right now so I'm gonna go to the bathroom and get myself together and when I come back I hope you don't see me as the I like that particular clip because it's um, yeah, it's the downright truth it's the downright truth. As they <laughs> hang out in their cozy little warmth of power, as the middle class dwindles, as people of color, poor people of color, die off, as they deny health care, as they deny jobs, opportunity, as they deny all of the things that they are privileged to. You see, once you are used to privilege, equality becomes oppression. And that's what they, they're pushing now. That's exactly what they're pushing right now. That all of a sudden, people are being nudged, pushed, awakened, and now they're in an uproar. So they bring on subjects and topics like religious freedom. Because you have a religion. You're free to discriminate. You know, that sounds like that sounds like ISIS. That sounds like the Taliban. That's what that sounds like to me. The right wing terrorists have killed more people in this nation than ISIS and the Taliban combined. And yet, they're not on the watch list. The 
seems to be not just mind-blowing. The, the disingenuous, so-called people of value, so-called people who are ruled, are guided by the rule of law. The people who are strong for the troops and care about the veterans don't do any of that. And they've been allowed to get away with this for so long. Takes uh, it takes a long time to figure out what the hell one side is doing to you. If you're not willing to engage them in a fight, if you're not if you're not willing to fight these people, something's wrong. Something is definitely wrong. I I don't have to scratch my head. All you have to do is just listen. Just listen to them. It's the Republicans, stupid. Looks like uh, Paul Manafort is out as all this uh, sturm and drang around whether he was uh, funneling Russian or Ukrainian money into a lobbying firm in the United States and whether he was taking cash payments and blah, 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 blah. I think it just all, whether it's smoke or fire or both, it just all reached the point where, uh, you know, when your campaign manager is the story, you change your campaign manager. So uh, Donald Trump has hired a new person. And, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton is con- continuing her campaign and, and, and moving forward. We're, we don't see much coverage of it because she's mostly talking about issues. And the press doesn't like issues. They like uh, personality. So if Trump does his strongman routine, oh, it's, oh, yeah, he's, a, you know, or if he makes a change or if he fires somebody or if he hires somebody. It gets it gets so covered, but uh, you know, hey, uh, the, the the fact that you know th- this is why the media doesn't cover this stuff. It, the fact that uh, Republicans took over Congress in 2010 and blocked a, a veterans job bill, they blocked Wall Street reform, they blocked immigration reform, they blocked political ad disclosure. They did that twice. Nancy Pelosi sent the bill to the Senate twice. They blocked Small Business Jobs Act twice. They blocked extending unemployment, which is still blocked, by the way. Uh, they blocked the Affordable Care Act. Uh, well, they tried. Actually, they didn't block it. They voted, th- you know, 
50 some odd times to repeal it, 33 times, uh, you know, as of uh, two years ago, I think. Uh, the Recovery and Reinvestment Act, they had tried to block it. They, uh, there was Nancy Pelosi wanted to have a tax on companies shipping their jobs overseas. The Republicans blocked that. They blocked health care for 9-11 first responders. They blocked benefits for homeless veterans. They blocked an anti-rape amendment. They blocked the Fair Pay Act of 2009. They blocked oil spill liability. They blocked the DREAM Act. They jo- blocked the jobs bill. I would bet you that the average American who watches corporate television in America has no idea about any of those things that I just laid out, or maybe one or two of them. Also, you know, you, you get all this, uh, yeah, you, we're number one, we're number one. I mean, Trump is talking about making America great again, but, you know, he's still, hey, you know, this is, this is cool, we're a great country. All the, we are number one in a whole bunch of metrics that we really need to do something about, and a lot of these metrics are the consequence of Republican rule. And just to give you an example, for example, Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, this story is from KLKNTV.com, which is a, a, an Omaha station. It's an AP story, Associated Press story. With its miles of suburban-style neighborhoods, Omaha is a model of comfortable mid-American living. But there's an exception. The city has 300 miles of streets pitted with potholes big enough to swallow an SUV. They point out that for years people have been complaining about this. And the city, the city officials say, you know, we don't want to raise taxes. We got all these Republican voters. They don't want their taxes raised to pay for this. And the developers put in crappy streets when they built these suburbs. So it's not our, our problem. It's not our fault. It should be, you know, the, the homeowners. And the homeowners are going. And, and, and so what the city is doing now is they're tearing the streets up and turning them back into dirt roads. But residents say the dirt roads are unworthy of an affluent growing metropolis with a vibrant economy. Mayor Gene Stothert has suspended the dirt road construction. This is ripping out pavement, but has offered no plan to fix all the bad streets. Right. Well, so that's that, this is what Republican rule gets you. We're number one in the world in incarceration rate. These are, this is from uh, the Economy Collapse blog dot com, by the way. It's a great list that they put together over there, um, titled uh, something to the effect of "America is number one, number one in incarceration rate in the world, largest total prison population in the entire globe." Uh, number one in obese people, number one in divorce, highest divorce rate in the, um, in the world by a wide margin. Uh, we're tied with the UK for the most hours of television watched per person every week. We have the highest rate of illegal drug use in the entire planet. This, I believe, is the consequence of, uh, you know, a hundred year long so-called war on drugs. Uh, really since Nixon, you know, a 50 year, 60 year long, 50 year long war on drugs. We have more car thefts here than anywhere else in the world, an indication of inequality and poverty in the United States. We have more reported rapes than anywhere else in the world. Now, that might, the keyword there might be reported. So, you know, uh, we have more reported murders every year than anywhere else in the world. We have more total crimes than anywhere else in the world. We are a big country, though. Uh, We have more police officers than anywhere else in the world. But we're a third of the population of India or China. We have more police. The United States spends more on health care as a percentage of GDP than any other nation on the face of the earth because we've got a bunch of insurance executives and, and corporations that are aggressively trying to rip us off. And now they're trying to punish the Obama administration for not letting them merge. And it's going to be interesting to see in this, this face-off, these companies where they said, okay, we want to merge and become monopolies, basically, these, you know, giant monopolies. 
And our government, the Obama administration, is saying, no, you can't. And so now they're saying, well, then we're going to pull out of Obamacare and just totally screw your legacy. Other ways, inconceivable. 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 You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> 929-477-2867. Let's go to the phone. 617, thank you for calling the Alpha Show. Welcome to TruthWorks Network. Well, Alpha, it just seems the Democrats don't know how to wipe their nose. Or oh, is it oh. they oh. know how to wipe their nose, but they don't know how to wipe? No, well, okay. How are you? I'm doing decent, fair to Midland, day to day. Damn, my back. <laughs> it is hard to get through the political hours of these weeks, of these months. So you have, I, I empathize and I sympathize. But, Alpha, you've made some, some great points tonight, but... Here is something that I think is the testicular enlightenment about what's wrong with the Democratic Party. They had a fight for sick and injured children, and it seems they couldn't even get the message out that it was their fight that got CHIPS a bill. The American people went home after the shutdown, and they were confused about what happened. And even the Democrats on that score couldn't figure out the messaging. That's going to be a problem, and if they think they're going to catwalk into these mid-season elections, I got news for them, because people have a very, very short Memory and nobody will remember the shutdown, let alone remember that sick and injured children got insurance. Let alone who took it away from them in in the first place. Who allowed it to expire when it was always absolutely when it was always uh, re-upped. Automatically, that was a no-brainer. But Republicans chose, let's take this away, and then we can use it as a bargaining chip. And that's that's exactly what they did. Well, well, the, here's an here's another point uh, that I'd like to throw out and for people to consider, and that is that the Democrats were fighting a president with a 36% approval. Where the hell was the resistance? Where the hell was the snatch back the government from a crazed, fascist, racist maniac? They couldn't even wage a war against somebody with a 36% approval rating. They let him win. Because guess what? The wall is still on the table. Not only that, and 20, you want $25 billion for it now. 
No, he no. wants $25 billion for it. Don't forget about the $5 billion he wants for security. You can build an 18-foot wall and put $5 billion worth of Border Patrol at the wall because you're going to have to shoot the people down when they get on top of the wall. And did you see the we news clip? We have lost oh. all sense. You know, part of the problem, uh, Alpha, is I think that the Democrats have lost their footing in the moral universe because nobody is willing to fight. I'm not talking about, you know, Gillibrand and and Schumer and they they want to help uh, sick children. They want to help the dreamers. They want to help bring about a reasonable immigration policy from a man who clearly would like to have a program of ethnic cleansing going on in this country. Not that black people haven't been subjected to ethnic cleansing for over uh, over 300 years and original peoples for more than 500 years, but still, we're still accepting, and that's what I mean about with my comment about the moral universe. I, I'm 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 at the you know, and and and, and I'm going to throw this in, Alpha, and I'm going to let you just comment on because I want to hear your perspective on the way that I'm thinking. I woke up this morning and I was thinking. Jesus, all the black people went to the Martin Luther King breakfast on January 15th, and now they're calling themselves activists. They went home, and they saw about their children, but they're not worrying about other other black children who don't have anybody to see about them. That's, that's how I started my day. And then uh, I went to my birthday celebration, which was at this wonderful place called Mallory's in Stoughton, Massachusetts, Memphis Barbecue and Memphis Live Blues. And my grandchildren and I had a great time. Compliments of two special old fashions, and and I hope the people at Mallory's are listening because that Memphis Blues Band playing some Muddy Waters tonight even had... Miles stamping his feet, but anyway, I I I I I'm off off path. So what here, you here, what? How much barbecue did you eat? What? I had I had ribs and I had I had a ribs and fried chicken and collard greens and macaroni and cheese and candied yams. <laughs> I had a good time, and 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 two old fashions. Oh, you had chicken, collard greens, and yeah. Why are you eating all that other stuff with the ribs, with the Memphis ribs? Uh, I, I'm in a lawsuit. <laughs> I would just be eating I the even, ribs. <laughs> I even ate pork ribs. What, say what? I will pay for it for three days, but it was worth. But, but you know, and and so I just want to, if any members of my family are listening, thank you for the wonderful flowers and balloons and um, 
uh, hooping it up with me with the with the Memphis Blues Band tonight. They found this place. They knew that I would love it, and I did indeed. It was a perfect birthday celebration, just perfect. But here is the problem. They, the Democrats managed to score a victory by getting the budget for CHIP. But even then, <clears throat> they have downplayed their their fight, and it really wasn't a fight because I really believe they gave up too soon. They caved in too soon. The shutdown should have been 14 days. It should have been 14 days of coring the 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 Republicans in the House and in the Senate about where they were. And it, it all comes down to you gotta really ask the question, do the Democrats want an immigration bill or are they willing to fight? Are they willing to fight for any of us? Are they willing to be to stand strong in and create a universe of morality looking at right and wrong to be able to be the foundation of democracy. And I think not. I think, you know, you don't hear about who's going to be because, you know, the only person I'm hearing is, and and I'm watching Bernie Sanders in and out of Iowa and Idaho and New Hampshire. That's a sign. But are they going to be able to stand behind a a, 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 a candidate th- that has muster. So I, I just I, I'm I'm just so you know, and I'm neither a registered Democrat or a registered Republican. However, I choose my candidates according to an ideology and the and the priorities and the public policy initiatives and ideas that they throw out and have some construction about how to get those things done. Whether we like it or not, Barack Obama did that. He did that when he ran for president. And I just don't see it. I I, 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 I can't see the answers. I cannot see the answers, Alpha. Help me well, out here. Well, let me let me say this. Barack Obama did that when he ran for president. But once Barack Obama got into office, he wasn't willing to turn into the fight. He allowed. I, 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 right I now, I'm to, talking about. I'm talking about the grit that it's going to take to fight against the GOP. Koch Brothers money. The Koch Brothers are spending $400 million just on the mid-elections alone. Right. Right. And and that's not, you know, Janice, that, that, that all goes hand in hand. That all goes hand in hand. When you had the power, when you had a supermajority, you were not willing to govern. You were not willing to shove your agenda down their throat. You were not willing to bring a justice department that was so unbending to voter suppression. 
they have a firewall. It's called the Supreme Court. And when Anthony Scalia passed, they should have jammed through everything they could in the last year. When Mitch McConnell held that last Supreme Court seat hostage, he should have recessed, appointed his nominee and jammed everything through that he possibly could. Well, you but, know, that's that spice under the bridge and Barack Obama is no longer the president. Well, Chuck why. Schumer, Kirsten Gillibrand, and other Democratic Party leaders, they seem to operate under some kind of delusion that that attracts to some kind of abstract morality that will make Americans close to them or something. In the meantime, they're fighting nasty, ugly, brazen, evil goons. And come November, they're going to be fighting those goons as well as the Koch brothers' money as well as the Russians. And they're not going to win. And that's why, for me, it's important to point out the fallacies, the faults of the previous administration because they're doing exactly the same thing. And you can be tough on Republicans and you can be hard on Democrats. And I'll continue to ask the question. If you are not willing to turn into the fight and get in and change and pull the Democratic Party to the left, you're pissing in the wind. You're not going to win. You are not going to win. Where are you going? Where are you going? Political reality. Well, I mean, you were you were you were asking that in 2016. Yes. Or 2014. And we still and don't have an answer to it. And here's, here's the problem for me, Alpha. The problem for me is that in my advocacy and my dedication to the upliftment of black people in this country, until all of these things, if they, if, uh, you know, progressives and the left and all those people, They've got to figure out who they are, because if they are not going to fight, then again, once again, I'm going to say it, we have to turn inward. We have to build our own release the memo. You hear what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. You know, I, I resent, I resent. There, there was not a day in my professional life as what's her name in the curl of purple you have to, used to say, I don't know what, the, I've forgotten the lady's name, the character's name, but Oprah Winfrey paid her, played her in the movie The, the Color Purple. Ophia. I've had to fight Ophia. Sophia. I've had to fight all of my life. And if people think, if black people think 
that simply sitting back and asking for something or hoping for something or thinking that they're going to stand at the back door and somebody's coming with a basket full of cornbread. By the way, the cornbread was off the chain at this place uh, with walnut and cinnamon butter. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, standing at the back door and going to bring us a basket of cornbread, I've got news for you. The people who might, who would want to, like Frank Schaefer, like some of the people on my timeline and Facebook, on my whatever they call it, timeline on Facebook, Mike Bevins, busy trying to save themselves from this madness. They don't have time to advocate for us. You know... I keep going back to it, and I keep going back to it. There is a guarantee that if we continue to do what we've been doing, we'll continue to get what we've been getting. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep getting what you're getting. And that means if we look at who is graduating from our high schools, who's graduating from our colleges, how they are able to fare collectively. I'm not talking about the 15 that went on to Yale and the 25 that went on to Harvard. We need to stop measuring ourselves about at the, in statistics they call it, at the incidents, and start measuring ourselves by the overall numerical results and the fact is our prisons are filled with illiterate black men and women and I'm not just talking about can't read and write I'm talking about can't think have no knowledge of anything other than what is in front of them and that is not speaking to capacity um, had a had a opportunity to listen in on a discussion. Actually, it was an argument of two federal employees arguing about the attack made by Lynn Patton, who is the regional New York New York New Jersey administrator for HUD, and reports directly to Ben Carson and. One person was black, a black professional with a law degree, and the other was a white professional without a law degree. And the black person wasn't able to hold her on why it was inappropriate for a government-appointed official, which is different from a federal employee. A federal employee has a duty at the time that they are assigned to their duty station, according to the ethics law of the federal government for federal employees. But an official, the duty station is always open. So when you have a federal 
official, a member, a standing active member of the White House press corps online in plain sight of the public, it should be a problem. But guess what? In the Trump administration, it's not a problem. The bottom line of what the senior leadership of the Trump administration had to say was that it was a matter of free speech. That's how deep we are in the black hole. And I have known regional administrators who have been fired for far less. Nasty goons. Asking the diplomas. <laughs> where is the resistance? I want to know where is the resistance? Who is fighting? You know, oh, Alpha. When I think, when I think about, uh, I was um, started reading a, a new book on, and, and for anyone who's interested in Black Power politics, Ron Walters, who really was the premier Black political scientist in this country, he was uh, the head of the Black Political Science Department at Howard University before he moved on to the University of Maryland. And he died about five years ago. He was an Our Common Ground voice and um, a real good, close member of the Our Common Ground family. And one of my mentors in in organizing and using media as a way of organizing. And um, <clears throat> I was thinking about Ron Walters um, when I was when 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 I was talking. Is because we have to. We need strategists, and we can't always think of public policy or think of political strategies or building a political infrastructure only about uh, working black people. We have to worry about the working poor and the non-working poor. We have to worry about people, our brothers and sisters, our allies and comrades who are in prison. And not only about the idea of the industrial, uh, prison industrial complex, but the practical and tactical side of the millions of young men and women who are in prison, and how do we help them reconstruct their lives so that they can be part of the village that has to be rebuilt? And you know I lost my my point about Ron Walters, but uh, anyway, the book is Ron Walters' The Struggle for Black Power is the name of the book. Um, and one of the things that Ron Walters, one of the things that he always said, and I spent an awful lot of time on the phone with him, but is that when we organize, before we ask people to do something, we must ask people to learn something. 
you can't go into a community and say, all right, all y'all mad at the mayor, let's all get together, make some signs, and go to City Hall. That's not how it gets done. We have to have academies. And that was one of the things that Ron Daniels, Dr. Ron Daniels and I did as a campaign for New Tomorrow was to go across this country and build the infrastructure for having political and historical and history academies so that people understood what they were fighting for, what they understood why they were angry. And when you do more and more of that, you find that you have activists who don't show up just for a cause for which they believe. They show up for causes that build for everyone. You know, like I'm sure you've seen that I've been doing a lot of tweeting about this NACA program. It is one of the most simple Black and um, black economic um, empowerment programs available, and most black people, including black activists, including people who are quote unquote part of the black leadership, part of the black misleadership, whatever it's called, most of the people don't know about that program. That is a program where people, working poor people get into a program to become homeowners. The unique part of that, which is why it targets people who are in the inner city and people who are in uh, communities that are beginning to gentrify, communities where there is, uh, where, I mean, you you don't have to buy a new home. You could do rehab. It also has a foreclosure uh, um, element if, if your house is You're going to lose your house But anyway No down payment Because what they do Is allow people Who save during the time That they're being educated about, about And becoming financially literate About home ownership And ownership in communities Is that they can use whatever money that they can save and buy down their interest rate. There is no private mortgage insurance. And you know how all this started? It started by one white man who started suing banks for predatory lending. All money in the settlements, he made deals. He made deals that has lasted over 25 years. And that's why I've been tweeting. I tweet about these people, um, a young woman. young woman looked like she's about 33 years old. Closed in her home last week in Atlanta, Georgia, in Las Vegas. And this is a national program. They are everywhere. And the other part of it is, they allow people who are not looking to buy a home to become volunteers, to do workshops, to do academies, to help with uh, mortgage counseling and and credit counseling. And the other thing is they don't use credit scores as a way of qualifying people for mortgages because that's part of the package. We have got to get 
more. We have got to start suing textbook companies, for instance, where it is historically inaccurate information. It is not readily um, um, uh, uh, fluid for our children and making them set up academies that tutor our kids because white people, rich white people are sending their kids to tutoring after school every damn day or the tutor comes to to their home all weekend. You see what I'm saying? We've got to start coming up with answers, Alpha. We, what, we need think tanks, period. Think tanks we got. That's we need think tanks. It's okay. We can call them something else, but what they are basically are a think tank. The Koch brothers fund and own eighty five think tanks. Mm-hmm. And in all of those think tanks, each one of them chips away, chisels away at either your rights, your right to think your right to practice your rights period mm-hmm. they undermine but look how we but look how we fell look how we fell for charter schools that was nothing nothing but devos money and coke money and mercer money it started building that charter started schools. The and it started out as something uh something for the children that's how it started. It was called something. I can't remember what it was. It's been, it's been so long. It was called something for the children, and then it morphed into the corporate giant, the corporate soul for because how to they run. saw it as an opportunity to reef to to re, to funnel public funds into private organizations. But we fell for it, and we have to begin to understand. And when I talk about we, I'm talking about black people we, and, and anybody else who wants to, you know. We have to begin to understand that imitation of their lives is imitation of death for us. We wanted our children. See, see, here's here's the deal, and I'm going to say this, Alpha, and you know I've been holding in a lot of stuff for a whole year. But if what's the name got uh, got what's the name has has um, freedom of speech? I got freedom of speech too. That's why I was listening to that conversation. You understand? Okay. We've got to understand that this whole notion, and charter schools blistered poor communities in this way. We wanted to have the $40,000 car and a good education for our children. You following me? All right. Are you following me? So 
we didn't want to sacrifice the $40,000 car to send the children to the private school, which was a better school than the school down the street. So we sacrificed the child with charter schools and the foolishness, propaganda, hypocrisy, and damage of charter schools so we could buy the $40,000 car. And I defy anybody in your audience to call me and argue uh, and argue the point. And we have done it time after time after time. Because in the 1980s, and Haki Matabuti and his wife, and I can't think of her name right now. Please, please, if you're listening, I'm sorry, I can't. Um, I just had a birthday. Um, Haki Matabuti, right there in Chicago where you live, had the best model of community-based private schools for black children. Right there in Chicago, Jawanza Kanjufu had all of the answers. Dr. Amos Wilson had all of the answers. We had educators who were expertise in the notion of both academically and culturally educating our children, but we had to have the $40,000 car. And that seems to be our bottom line. So, Material things over education. Exactly. You know, like, remember, you remember, uh, Alpha, when Hillary Clinton was trying to get to the primary and the Black Lives Matter kids went up to New Hampshire, and there was a big brouhaha about the way in which she engaged with them. But I was talking about how ill-prepared they were to conduct an engagement with a major candidate. Um, and part of what happened there and God bless them, you know, part of what happened there is that those kids had been ignited by the idea of black political power through Barack Obama, which was another, you know, that's another conversation. But, <laughs> but here's the deal, Alpha. They had not had the kind of training and organizing talking points and the fluidity of engaging in a discussion with a major candidate. So while we criticized Hillary Clinton, and I have plenty of criticism for Hillary Clinton, and she was a jackass for the way she handled it, it could have been a starter for the for the the real for authentic political action with Black Lives Matter. And and and. And I take some of the blame. I take I take some of the blame. Because that was Black Lives Matter, Boston. 
Like, like I said before, I don't care how you felt about Hillary Clinton. Like I said, I wanted Bernie Sanders. And it's just that But they're not talking time. about your boy being their candidate. They're not talking about that at all. Who, Bernie? No, the Dems. They're not talking okay. about Bernie Sanders being, being the premier they're, candidate. They're not talking about Bernie Sanders at all. Exactly. Not at all. Did you see Bernie Sanders? Did you see Bernie Sanders, um, the leadership, the Democratic leadership, uh, doing the discussions uh, during the shutdown, the three days of shutdown? No. He cast his vote and his opinion like everybody else. Not that Chuck Schumer or Nancy Pelosi or Diane Feinstein. You know, the thing is, if these people do not begin to understand how they have to fight these goons, then they need to send them all home. That's my point. If you don't get inside within and change and drag these people further to the left, right now they're center-right. The Schumers, the Dick Durbins, the Nancy Pelosi's, all of the people that you see who call themselves advocated on behalf of the middle class of the and the Democratic Party are nothing more than Dinos. That's right. And the, the other thing we fall for, we fall for. Um, I'm try- I'm 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 trying not to cuss a lot anymore. I'm trying I'm really trying not to cuss a lot. But when Diane Feinstein when she um released the transcript of the Intel committees uh with um Gary Singleton, the um Fusion GPS guy. Right. That's because she, that's because she knew she was in trouble at home. And she was trying to placate the progressive movement in her too. All these people saying, "Oh yeah, we want the Dreamers, we want the DACA, we want the whatever the fuck they want." Excuse me, whatever they want. They have shown nothing to convince me that they're willing to fight for us. And I say, send all their asses back home. Find somebody else. Go get. What's her name, Garcia? Let her run for Senate. The other is, and I'm going to go because I know you have other people on the board that want to talk to you, but the other question I have is, what would make these people, what would make Chuck Schumer, Chuck Schumer is older than I am, what would make him think he can trust Mitch McConnell? Mitch McConnell is about as old or older than he is. <laughs> Mitch McConnell is a snake. He is a nasty, lying snake. That's all he always has been, and that's always what he And I want to know how much money he got from the Russians. But anyway, um, why? Because come February 8th, Mitch McConnell and 
that sleazeball scum of a president sitting in the White House in his skivvies watching Fox News, they are not going to give them any more than they would have given them last week. That's they right. They messed shit up. So what are they going to do? What do you think they're going to do? They're going to cave again. What do you mean what are they going to They're going to accept what Trump has run down their throat. I mean, he has jammed this down their throat. He is literally saying. But just like I said last week, what's wrong with claiming a shutdown? Shut the shit down because if they don't shut it down, they're going to totally destroy it. Oh, right. He should have shut it down before. They should have shut it down before this tax vote. And we would have been able to stop the tax vote because nobody would be at work. That's right. And until they opened up the tax debate to the normal process. The government was stayed shut down. You see, mm-hmm. we don't Gorsuch. fight. Uh, uh, Gorsuch, he's meeting exactly. with with the GOP Senate and House leadership in and private, Alexander, in secret. He was, at dinner, he was at dinner with the Lamar Alexander talking about immigration. So why why is he not recused from that entire discussion? No, why isn't his ass impeached? You can well, impeach a, a justice. You're absolutely right, guys. The, the, thing, the thing is, and, and I hate to say this, that it is time for Americans of goodwill, all these people who say they love freedom, they love democracy, y'all pick anyone you want. Love freedom, love democracy, love justice, whatever. Pick one. To go on a general strike. Why aren't people talking about that? A general strike until the, this Congress and, and, and you know they, they're getting the, the, the uh, bills together to to stop uh, um, Trump from firing Mueller. Why aren't they getting a bill together to stop? Other stuff. Oh, they can get all the bills together they want. Nothing's going to pass. Why they get a bill together so they they didn't get paid on shutdown? They're not going to do that. And I'm they don't. To, I'm trying to ask questions. They don't control need to begin to ask questions because you know what? Till until we. Do, if we don't do something now by, that, that makes something change, makes turns the tide in November, we'd, we're going to have President Trump for four more years. Right, he's going to do two terms. That's right. Along, what, what's along that? with How many years is that? I'm, I'm, so, um, I mean... I often think, and I don't know if you think about, uh, I often think about people who were dedicated in some way of being patriots in this country who are now dead and gone, 
Joe Glazier, who was the senior vice president of Raytheon. He was a man who believed in democracy, even though he was the senior vice president of the Missile Systems Division. I worked for him for six years, a really nice, gentle man. His, his parents were victims of the Holocaust. And by the way, today is Holocaust Memorial Memory Day, Remembrance Day. Um, and I think people ought to research, learn some shit, y'all. You know, um, but (coughs) Joe Glazier had a philosophy that that was based on the, 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 the notion of those who are blessed are required. I mean, he used to tell me this all the time, and I was very young when I worked for him. I was in my 20s, uh, and he used to tell, tell me all the time that for those who are much is given, much is required. And I think that as black people, and I don't know about the other people because, you know, I only know black. I've been black for 68 years now. And I think that we have got to start thinking about what we owe because we're not paying it forward and we're seeing it in our streets in our buses in our trains we're seeing it in the classrooms of american torn down broken down wrecked up schools we're seeing it in hospitals mental health hospitals where our young people have no ability to cope and they break. All them people killing people in Chicago, um, Alpha, those are just broken people who break. Those are just uh, propped up people, popped up kids who eventually break. And in the 60s and the 50s, you used to talk about ghettos. The ghettos are still here. What happened? Simply because the government pays for them now, and the and the people don't pay for them or whatever. I know I gotta go, Alpha. Thank you for letting me get all this shit off my chest. Please try to respond to. I know I've given you a lot of stuff, but damn, something's got to give here. You're right about that. <laughs> and you You're know right what's about- not giving? It, them people on MSNBC, they could talk till the cows come home, and you know some of them I really, really like. You know my girl Rachel. I really like Rachel Maddow. Um, uh, people talk about, well, Rachel never mentions Joy. Shit, every time Rachel is out, she grabs Joy because she knows what she's doing when she does that. And people, you know, and we're talking about, well, Joy doesn't, yeah, Joy doesn't say everything. I've known Joy since she was a cub reporter at the Miami Herald. She doesn't say all the things I would say. She doesn't see the world in the way that I see the world. Joy wasn't even alive in 1968. So she doesn't have the historical perspective. And as an old lady, I, you know, um, one of my grandchildren, and, you know, she could go flick stones across the lake. said, Nani, you're really old now. But anyway, <laughs> um, 
we've got we've got to do better in terms of understanding that this thing is not over. And I'm not talking about this thing. I'm not talking about Donald Trump, and I'm not talking about Barack Obama. Um, that this thing that we started 300 years ago is not over. Oh, That's how I think you. about it. Okay, thank you, Alpha. All right, Janice, thank you much. Thank you for the call. Janice Graham of Our Common Ground. And um, Brother Hub, he had his hand up for the longest. So let me see if he's still there. 646, are you there? Hey, Alpha. Alpha, can you hear me? Hello? Hello? 646, are you there? Are you there? Can you hear me, Alpha? I can hear you. Good day. How you feeling? You doing all right? I'm doing well. <laughs> Not as good as I was last week, but... All right, well, let's talk about one quick. BJ was talking about Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. You know something? They ain't nothing but Republicans at heart, man. They They don't care nothing about the people. They have no plan or no agenda to move forward anything in regards to um, the Democratic Party, man. I mean, this guy just basically a novice walking all over you. I mean, I agree with BJ. You know, shut it down You know, I mean, it's not like It's going to really, really hurt black folks If it's shut down It ain't like they trying not to Take everything away from us As it is, you know So let it shut down You know, it's at the point now To basically If you don't let it shut down He's going to just bully you and punk you From now forward I mean, just, just think about this whole presidential address on Tuesday. What happens if this fool goes off script? Which there's a serious possibility that he may. You know, everybody is talking about this whole Russia thing and this investigation with Mueller and all of that. Ain't nothing gonna become of that, man. I don't I don't see anything at all becoming of it. You know, and if it do, he's going to subvert it. He's going to subvert it anyway. I mean, you know, the bottom line is, you know, the black American in this country better wake the hell up soon because he's going to totally be marginalized back into slavery if they keep it up. Just imagine what happens if DACA goes through. Somebody's going to have to pay the piper for it. And who always pay the piper when it's all said and done? Black folk. So, I mean, the reality is I'm no supporter of of DACA. Or, or matter of fact, I'll go even further. I could care less what happens with DACA. You know what I mean? Because whatever, thing, whatever ways it goes, it's not going to improve the condition of black people in this country. Because black people, in all honesty and truthfulness, have no base. It's just like I've been trying to explain to people lately. 
If you don't have vibrant communities, a politician can't do a damn thing for you. You're just basically putting them in office to take care of others. Because the reality is, we as black people have no community. It's just like, I don't know if you looked at that whole picture this week in Chicago that came to surface of Obama and Farrakhan. Just think about this. If Farrakhan and Obama was really about helping black folks and advancing black people in this country, why couldn't they come together in Chicago and change the fratricide that's going on there? If they were really about making the lives of black people better, them two men should be able to join forces in that city and change the paradigm on how black people live and how they see themselves. I heard that there's a fight now going on in regards to his library being built that, you know, the community or the so-called community politicians want 50% Minority um, set aside And they fighting them tooth and nail To not give it to them You know well, Obama should basically Obama should basically stand up and say That minorities will get the 51% to build The library Because the funny thing is Most of the black people in that community Going to be identified out anyway But nobody talks about that Nobody's addressing that. You know what I'm saying? How could you how could you ever put forward a disagreement in regards to a so called black man's library not being able to give fifty one percent of the contract in control of the construction of the contract? That's crazy to me. Jay, I got about ninety seconds left or less. Well listen, I'll talk to you next week. A B J. Go to bed. Stay off of Twitter tonight so you can get some sleep. And happy birthday. And I love you, BJ. Thanks a lot, Jay. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Look, people. Uh, The black community will not get help. No one is going to save the black community but the black community. And I'll get to take us out of here. When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. Never trust someone who lies to you, and never lie to someone who trusts you. So until next week, we can all gather up all of the newsly nonsense from this coward, this clown in the White House, and watch the destruction of our democracy and our government. So everyone take care. Nine o'clock next Saturday. Central time next Saturday. Have a great evening.